Last week's show, I was very impromptu because my guest did not show up. And I decided that I was going to be really honest. And everybody said vulnerable. I felt more like fragile. (laughs) And I started to talk about some of the things that 2024 was, I was facing looking at 2024 and the big thing that I said was I felt like I was standing in front of this um, blank piece of land and I did not know what I was going to do with it. I didn't know what I was going to build on it and I wondered if it was my age, if it was a like a little bit of a midlife crisis that came a little late or I wondered if it was the fact that I lost my mom. I wondered out loud about many, many different things. And the response that I got in private messages, in text messages, in phone calls from a lot of women, I was not prepared for. Because first of all, I was terrified to do that. (laughs) I was completely unprepared to talk about that. And then to have everybody react to it the way that they did brought me so much comfort and so much joy, but it also made me realize that I'm on to something. And it opened up a ton of conversations throughout the week with other women, which if anybody knows about this podcast, that's what it's all about, having conversations with people. And I was supposed to have a guest on today, but I decided, no, I'm going to continue last week's conversation. I'm going to roll into this week with it because I had time to think about what a lot of people had said to me. I had time to think about what I said, although coming here, I was wishing I had listened to it one more time so that I don't repeat myself. But being, heading into 2024, more importantly, heading to the age of 60, I wondered if it was that number that was bothering me. And I've come to the conclusion that no, it is not the number that's bothering me although the number is significant, actually what I'm experiencing is a little bit of discomfort because for the very, very, very first time in my life, there, I am a little bit more comfortable in my own skin. And that has never, never been who I am. I have always wanted to be someone else. I've always wanted to look different. I've always wanted to be a different size. I always wanted different colored eyes. And I've always been my harshest critic, which I don't think that I'm unique. I think most women are really tough on themselves. But in thinking about that and wondering about that, it brought me to this realization. Now this this is just my realization. So here I am thinking, is it that I'm 60? Is it a midlife crisis? Or is it grief? Because my mom has only been gone since October 12th. And I, I've spoken to some women who have lost their moms. And when you lose your mom, you kind of lose your compass. You lose your thermometer in, in a way. And I was fortunate enough to have my mom for 59 years. But what dawned on me was my whole life has been based in some way, shape, or form in making her proud of me. In So just a little backstory. 
and I'm not trying to get really deep, but I'm just kind of trying to let you into my brain. Um, my mom was 18 when she got pregnant with me. She wasn't married. My dad took off. So <clears throat> in 1963, 1964, she was a pregnant, unmarried woman, which automatically made her a slut. So in, in, you know, in that generation. So this was not information that I found out about until I think I was 10 or 11. My mom always told me that they had gotten married. They were very young. It didn't work out. And, you know, they went their separate ways. It was my stepfather who told me um, out of spite. And he told me in a way that was really ugly and uh, used the word bastard and so on and so on. But anyway, I realized that part of my purpose, and this is just me individually, was to make somehow make that right. Somehow make the decision that she made at a, at a young age, someone had offered to adopt me and she said no, um, to make that decision at that young age that she was going to have me, she was going to raise me, she was going to be my mother, when she really did have the brightest future in front of her out of any woman in my family. Um, to find out that she sacrificed so much and had endured so much, there was a little part of me as that little girl who found out the truth that decided I'm always going to make her know it was worth it. I'm always going to make her feel like having me was never a mistake and everything she sacrificed was, there was a purpose to it. So subsequently, my purpose became to show the world that Ronnie made the right decision. Ronnie had a good kid. Ronnie had a, 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 a daughter who went to Catholic high school, which was a big deal back then. Uh, Ronnie had a daughter who could get a good job in the city. My purpose always revolved around my mother. Now, being mothers and daughters, there were times when I think I resented it, when I think I felt like, you know, I try so hard to be good for you. Uh, and, you know, you don't let me sleep out or you won't let me do this and then whatever else was going on in our lives. I think uh, those, those times when I rebelled a little bit uh, were probably normal. But after rebelling, I always came back twice as strong in my conviction that I can never disappoint my mother because she literally sacrificed her life for me and her reputation and everything around her. So when I got married, you know, I married a wonderful man. I had the perfect wedding. My colors of my room were even based around her gown. Um, she wanted a granddaughter so bad. I was so relieved that I had a little girl. I, I would have loved anything, but I remember thinking, oh my gosh, my mom is going to be so happy she's having a granddaughter because she wanted me to have a girl like she had a girl uh, as a first baby. Everything in my life became about making her proud. And everything that I failed at and everything that I did that I knew she wouldn't be proud of made me feel like a terrible human being. She didn't put that pressure on me. She never did. I put that pressure on myself. So now fast forward, you know, the last 14 months we have together are amazing. People are telling me I can never do that. You have your mom come and live with you. And for me, it was a gift 
because there was so much time that we lost early on in my life when I had to move out and get away from my stepfather. So here we have these amazing 14 months together. And it's 14 months of me making sure that she's happy and she's well taken care of. And there's so much noise going on in my head and in my life and so much activity. And all that stopped. The day I had to say goodbye to my mother. All of that noise. All of that chaos ended. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cry. Because it isn't about that. This is just the backup, the back, the backstory. So, and we're heading right into the holidays. And so, I am stuck in this silence. And I'm, I'm thinking it's my grief, you know. And I can see that my brothers are struggling as well. And I got to tell you, we get through the holidays better than I thought we would. And we celebrated her and we remembered her, but we didn't dwell on it. And we took her with us through everything and even into, (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but Ethan just signaled me like, do you need a tissue? And it's like, yes. And why don't I have one? I did this to Ming last week. But, um, you know, the new year starts and the new year starts quiet. Because everything else I started, there was always a backup. There was always a plan B, C, D. And at least I thought there was always that. Thank you, love. Um, But I think there was always the comfort of knowing that even if I fell flat on my face, Ronnie would be there to pick me up. And now I'm looking at 2024 and realizing you fail. You fail on your own. You you start something, you're truly starting it for yourself. There is no one to impress. There is no one to make proud. There is no one that you're doing it for other than yourself. And again, my mother did not put that pressure on me. I, I, I put that pressure on myself. And, and maybe in a way it's a testament to how much I loved her and how much I respected her. And Although I found out the wrong way, it was probably the best gift my stepfather ever gave me because I really, truly realized how special my mother was. Um, But I realized that that's probably one of the biggest reasons why 2024 scares me. It's not my age. Because if I was 40, I think I would feel exactly the same way. Uh, I think it's about not having that touchstone, like, I'm going to be doing this. Let me call my mom. Uh, I'm going to try that. Let me call my mom. And look, my mom was my biggest cheerleader about a lot of things, but there are an awful lot of things that she prevented me from doing (laughs) that looking back on it, had I done it for myself and I had just done it, it would have been very successful. So, and there were times when I reminded her of that, Ronnie, why'd you stop me doing that? Because now someone else is doing it and look, it's a success. So I, I hindered myself by having that mindset. But the other thing that is starting to happen, so this, you know, I feel this way last week. Last week I'm feeling terrible. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling like I have no purpose. And this is resonating with women. So this starts conversation with so many of you. 
And it seems like so many of us are feeling the same way. And I say, you know what? My mantra for 2024 is good things are coming, good things are happening. My two words for 2024 are going to be connection and reconnection. And it's almost like the spark. It's almost like the light switch that turned off all the noise and made everything so silent was suddenly switched on again. And I had been saying to people that I didn't feel my mom. You know, oh, do you see the signs? Do you see this? And I'm like, no, I don't feel her. I, I know she's there, but I, I, I'm looking for everything, trust me. And people are telling me what they're seeing. I'm like, what the heck? Why am I not seeing any of this? Like, we were so close. And then the switch goes on. And I start to feel things. I start to see things here and there. Things that we talked about. Things that she loved suddenly popping up. And I think, okay, I've made it through the holidays. I've figured out what was scaring me. The biggest thing being everything I do from this point on, I'm truly going to be doing for myself. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do anything for myself. I don't know how to do anything without maybe seeking a little bit of approval. I don't know how to or who to celebrate with when something big happens. And I have that news that I just want to pick up the phone and call out my mother. It's everything from this point on is all about me. <laughs> and my life has never been all about me, which was a little bit of what I touched on last week. So it made me think about, I actually, which I've never done, I actually made notes to make sure that I hit the things that I wanted to talk about. I had to start to think about what kind of daughter I was and what kind of daughter I wasn't. Then I started to think about what kind of mother I was and what kind of mother I wasn't and what kind of friend I've been and maybe what kind of friend I haven't been. I think what happened, what is happening is the clarity of my entire life is kind of before me, and I'm really not trying to be deep because I'm not an expert on this, and I'm not trying to be. I'm just trying to let you know what it feels like from my point of view, and when I did that last week, it resonated with a lot of you, so I figured, let me try it again. I'm at this age now where I am thinking about all the things that I have been and all the things that I haven't been and paying attention to what I learned from all of that and now what do I want to take into the next decade of my life? And as frightening as that was last week, as I started to get through the, through the rest of the week, it became so clear. And it kind of started to feel freeing. Because as long as I feel good about what I'm doing, then I can't be on the wrong track. I have, I have started a lot of things and I did a lot of things that were successful. You know, I, I woke up one day and said, I'm going to write a book. I wrote the book. Uh, I'm going to start a podcast. Started the podcast. I'm going to start talking about things honestly on social media. And the responses were great. But let me tell you, as many times as, as many of you have said to me, you are on fire, girl. There were just as many times 
when I could not light the flame <laughs> or someone had thrown the water on me and I failed miserably, miserably. And as much of a comfort as it was to have my mother there for me, it was also a painful embarrassment because I thought it was disappointing for her, which I realize now it wasn't. You know, I realize, you know, my mom loved me for who I was and she was my biggest cheerleader. Um, so now here I am and I've resolved the the daughter that I was and the daughter that I was and I've I've started to finally resolve in me the mother that I have been and the mother that I haven't been. I have resolved in me the friendship that I the friend that I am to people and the friendships that I've had to let go in 2023, let go of and how I'm going to take this feeling and use it to my advantage in this coming year. And the first thing has been about connecting with people, talking about these things, um, trying to figure out <clears throat> what do I really want to say? Who do I really want to be? That terrified me a week ago. What do you mean, who do I want to be at this age? I should know who I am at this age. Well, guess what? Here's the news and here's the truth that I've learned a lot of us don't know who we want to be. It seems like, and I may have touched on this last week, I don't remember because I really don't listen to my podcasts. I'm sorry. Uh, I listen to them once or twice. Ethan's looking at me like, bad thing, Maureen. <laughs> really bad, Maureen. No, he's shaking his head. It's okay. Um, so the big conversation has been you hit 50. You know, 50 is the new 40, 60 is the new 50. Bullshit. There you go. I've said it. Um, you hit 50 and from 50 to 65, and I'm pretty sure I did say this last week, nobody pays attention to you. Nobody is talking about you on TV. Nobody is advertising to your age group. It's you're, you know, heading to 50 and you're sexy and then you're 65 and you need depends. What about the 15 years in between? What do we look like? So the only thing we have to look at is, the real housewives of whatever city. And I'm going to tell you right now that the overwhelming majority of women I know and I see every day don't look, talk, act, or dress that way. And if you do, God bless you. I'm not judging you. I'm really not. If, if that's your role model and that's who you want to be, I say go for it. But I can tell you in the world that I live in, in my little part of New Jersey and my little part of Brooklyn and, and the people that I know throughout the country, um, we're not like that. <laughs> we don't have Juicy Joes and we don't have, you know, husbands that uh, pretend that they're strippers on a stage and uh, at BravoCon. You know, we, we are just living regular lives. And some of us are struggling some of us are struggling with, with the two words, what's next? What's next? How do I reconnect? We've all built our lives and our purposes around other people, whether it's our family, you know, whether it's our husbands, our children, our entire families, our parents, because we've had to be caretakers. And now we're at a point where, like I said last week, we're not needed. We're not needed in the way that we were, though. We are still very much needed. 
Last week, I think I was crying. Nobody needs me, not even my brothers. Um, my brothers need me. They reassured me of that, by the way. <clears throat> um, my daughter reassured me that she needs me. But we're needed in different ways now. And, and I think that the people who need us are our friends, are the other women that are moving through life and now have the time to explore their hopes, their dreams, and their fears. So I jumped on that thought and I put together a Palentine's Day, which I have put out on my Facebook page to my friends. Um, come by, have a bite to eat, talk. Let's just let's just gather. And I think it's starting to pick up some steam because, you know, people are coming and I'm so happy. And and people who are responding are people who have never responded before to something that I've done. So I'm really excited because now there are some new faces in the mix with, you know, the people that I've always, you know, have always joined me. And some of the people who have always joined me can't. But and that's OK. Uh, I hope those who haven't responded <laughs> and can come will come. But every, everyone keeps kind of fishing like, oh, this is a great idea. Oh, this sounds wonderful, but they're not responding yet. And that's okay. It's okay to sit back and say, oh, I wonder if something like this can work. Because organically, I feel that when you're in the same room together and you're kind of generating this energy with each other and you're just being yourself, that good things happen, great things happen. And you start conversations with people that you don't know, or you just sit and chat with someone that you've just met. And sometimes you walk out of those situations feeling the best you've felt in a long time. Uh, you feel less lonely. So with that, I've decided that that landscape that I was looking at last week that seems so flat and so barren and so infinite in its loneliness uh, is now looking like a fertile piece of land that I can build some really, really fun and wonderful things on, that I can build new connections on, that I can maybe not feel so guilty because maybe that's part of it, this guilt of wanting to move on with my life, uh, feeling leading up to New Year's, it was hard because I, I said to someone, I felt like I was leaving my mother behind. I was leaving her in 2023 and entering a new year without her as if she was my past. And I think once I, I finally opened up last week, it made me look at a lot of things and, and realize I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is I'm just building on her legacy. I'm building on my legacy. I am fulfilling my dreams and I don't have to feel guilty about trying to fulfill my dreams because I know my mother couldn't fulfill hers. Maybe that's the way it's supposed to be for our family. Each generation should always do better than the generation before them. And I realized by building my dreams, I can take her with me anywhere, anytime. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep connecting with all of you. I'm going to keep talking. Uh, there are some other really, really fun big things happening in 2024 that I think a lot of you want to come with me on. 
and I'm going to keep posting about them. And I'm hoping that as you're watching it and you're curious about it, you'll reach out and ask me or you'll just say yes and join me. And and if you can't join me the first time, either because you're not available or spots have filled up, then please understand there will be more opportunities to join. And I am going to take every opportunity that comes my way and I'm going to explore it and, and enjoy the fact that maybe 2024 is actually for me to grow into the person that I'm supposed to be in this new season of my life and not be afraid of it, not put the pressure on me to look a certain way, to, to act a certain way, to um, dress a certain way. Maybe 2024 is finally my year, and I think it is, for me to just really lean into being Maureen and not judging her so harshly. And maybe, maybe by doing that, I don't know, if any of you knows a man that's like maybe six foot, six foot two, you know, a little bit on the burly side, single, and looking for a woman to hug, maybe I'll be that woman too. I mean, I don't know, if I'm comfortable in my skin, maybe I can find a guy who's comfortable in his skin. <laughs> but for all the things that I have allowed myself to do, I'm grateful. Most of them didn't work out, but the ones that did were great. And for all the things that I'm about to try and embark on and I'm about to do, I'm even more grateful. So remember, good things are coming. Good things are happening. I want wonderful good things to happen for all of you, and I want you to stay in 2024 with that mindset. And I want you to connect with me and connect with new people in your lives and reconnect with the people that you love. Next week, I am going to have an amazing young man on the show. And we're going to have an amazing conversation about his life and him having to let go of who he used to be to become the young man that he is now. So this seems to be a theme. So let's roll with it, okay? And... Remember, good things are happening. See you next week. Bye.